Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. This is episode nine, and today I'm joined by Duncan, and I'm going to hand it off to him to uh, talk about what we're talking about. All right, so today we decided that we're going to talk about some preventative healthcare tips, um, how to monitor your health along with how to improve it, and other tactics. And I think that this is very important because especially in America, we kind of don't do this, especially men. Yeah. We have a stereotype of not wanting to go to the doctor. That is true. <laughs> um, I, don't, I can't tell you the last time I force my dad to go get a physical but i know that i'm the one who finally got him to cave because he's like right. 60s now um but we have a problem where we don't like to do the preventative work uh, mm-hmm. of not getting sick or not having an injury and then we go and we get sick and we get injured and you have to foot a really expensive bill it's all at once and you have to pay for this really expensive insurance yep. and so one of the best things you can do for your health is you can work out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, personally, I work out for fitness. I want to be able to throw around my grandchildren when I'm 80 years old, and I don't want to be stuck in a nursing home. Yeah. Um, one of my coaches, his favorite phrase was the difference between a nursing home and assisted living is a burpee because all a burpee is is falling on the floor and get back up again, right? Right. Um, if you can do a dip – you can get out of a bathtub when you fall down. Like there's all these things that you're doing while working out that are helping you not only in your day to day lives, but to make sure that your quality of life is higher mm. when you're older. Um, and so I think also that it's important here to understand that being able to do things multidisciplinarily also helps with this fitness and this mm-hmm. improving quality of life. Um, I recently read a book and it was talking about different movements. And basically we decided to do our workouts the way that we did, you know, with shoulder presses, with push-ups, because these are um, archetypal movements. Mm -hmm. These are movements that have purpose in our day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. And so not only do you want to do these movements, but you want to do them using different forms, different functions, different um, workout methodologies. Because mm-hmm. a handstand push-up is very similar to a shoulder press. However, it's slightly different and enough to work a little, a um, couple different muscles and be very beneficial for you. Right, and enough for them to be, there to be an important distinct, uh, distinction for both of them to be useful, one for... You know, you're going to need more stabilizers when you're doing a handstand push-up. You're going to need more balance more, uh, and possibly even more focus, mm-hmm. whereas a uh, shoulder press, even if even at the same weight that you would be handstand pressing because you'd be handstand pressing your own body, could you could potentially not be able to do that on shoulder press because, again, shoulder press might be a more isolated function as opposed to the compound movement that is a uh, handstand push-up. Yeah, and so I think that doing these movements are very important. Um, Another big reason why we work out is to stay in shape, right? Um, And so I think that it's important to understand what in shape means. And I think that while BMI and weight are okay metrics, 
they're very difficult to actually use. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I'm six five. I've been above six foot since like freshman year of high school. And when I went in for a physical, like my freshman year, in order to play sports, my doctor comes in and makes the joke that I'm obese. <laughs> and um, it scared the crap out of my mother. Right. But it was kind of funny because for my age, I was incredibly obese. I was like 60, 70 pounds overweight. But that's because the metric was for my age, not for my height. Right. And so for my height, I was actually kind of underweight. And so it's very important that the you keep in mind different metrics can be applied differently. Yeah. And again, BMI transfers also not only with height, but when you're talking about um, BMI does take uh, height into account, but you need to be aware that uh, muscle composition is not taken into yeah. account. Um, different people have different bone densities and that that's not taken into account there's a lot of different factors in there uh that don't get taken into account but i do still like bmi i think it's a good um a good like kind of like test to see like oh where am i where am i at uh if especially at the beginning of maybe your fitness journey uh, especially as a teenager with not a whole lot of muscle on you you're kind of determining like uh do i need to gain weight and build muscle or do I need to shed shed some pounds or something like that it's a, a good idea if you aren't like either super crazy tall because the once you get past like I feel like once you get past the 62 mm-hmm. range it gets pretty skewed on what your weight should actually be cuz they know like most people over 65 aren't going to be weighing uh you know 300 pounds which is something like where the the obese range start yeah. like it's really high it gets really high up towards those yep. higher ranges but yeah and that's just kind of how statistics work and how they've yep. compiled that data but it is a great like almost a bs test right yeah it's like you get the number and if the number's a little high or a little low and you can't explain why then there might be something that you need to be worried about there but if it is a little higher a little low and you're like well yep. here's a slew of reasons and they're legitimate and you know they're this is why i'm here then you're probably fine right um i really like body fat as a determinator of general overall Mm -hmm. body composition and healthy range um healthy range for men is between 9 and 19 percent and healthy range for women is between 21 and 32 percent according to the cdc and i think that these are very nice ranges something that i do know from personal um, research and experience is that for uh, body fat percentage, you do want to be a bit more towards the mean if you're taller. Yeah. And that's just because you don't want to have a super low body fat composition because that's a joint issue. Yeah. Um, everything starts grinding against each other a little bit harder. You're losing cushioning and yeah. additional uh, things like that. Especially like the reason why the men's stops at 9% is because you've ever like, if you've ever seen someone beneath 9%, and especially when you get into these hyper low body fat um, people where they're like sub 5%, mm-hmm. those that's unhealthy. Yeah, It's unhealthy. It's not good for you because a lot of times your body can't do anything. Yeah. You're, run, you're, you're running on no energy, yeah. right? Any form of energy you have is from short-term glycogen, uh, you know, quick store sugar that you're eating. You have to eat at all the time just to maintain enough energy to not start burning muscle, uh, hurting joint. You're still going to hurt your joints. Yeah. So 
and fat is an organ. Mm-hmm. Like it helps you. Yes. It, it's not just about energy storage, but it's also about um, thermoregulation and a lot of other important aspects of your body. So you, mm-hmm. I feel like our culture likes to hate on fat and likes to point out as like fat is one of the worst things um, possible for you, but mm-hmm. it's really not that true. And it's a lot more nuanced than that. Right. I feel like I, a lot of things, especially when it comes to dieting is our culture accepting that it's not just black and white. It's yeah. not good, bad. It's you need some too much is bad. And you know, too little is horrible. Mm-hmm. Too little might even be worse than too much, yeah. you know, in some cases. And uh, now granted that still doesn't mean I, I still don't like to quote everything in moderation because there's some things you just don't need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I like to think about is like if it's being um, produced androgynously in your body or your body is naturally wanting to create this, it's probably trying to do that for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's very few things at this point in time due to natural selection that your body has that it doesn't actually need. Yeah. Um, and so talking about body fat is just a great way of getting a more holistic um, representation of where you are in the weight category. Um, another very important part of keeping your weight low is just because it helps, especially with dealing with like respiratory diseases. Um, with COVID, we saw a 30.2% hospitalization rate due to um, obesity as like a comorbidity, morbidity, I th- believe is what they called it. Um, I think that's what they called it. Yeah, which was just basically you were obese and you had COVID. Yeah. And it caused a lot more problems for that demographic. A lot of times, especially in the case of being an airborne Mm -hmm. um, or a respiratory disease, you're looking at issues with respiratory, cardiovascular issues, um, potentially blood circulation issues. Uh, A lot of these people, um, the worst part was like, you know, losing smell and not wanting to eat and stuff. Like that was very negative because, you know, it, you are more prone to diabetes, diabetes type two. And especially in those cases, when you stop eating, it's not good. You can't, you can't stop eating with cases like that. And so it, um, in a lot of issues, the heightened risk to other cardiovascular issues, respiratory issues, or other, um, sort of digestive problems was leading to just, um, ridiculous amounts of just over, uh, like essentially like exemplified problems because, Mm -hmm. They're just kind of like working together and, you know, fucking your body up. (laughs) Yeah. And then also um, from the male perspective, being obese is going to like destroy your testosterone levels, Mm -hmm. um, which leads to a whole slew of issues. It makes it harder to get out of obesity. It makes it harder to build muscle. Um, It's going to lower your libido. Um, I was listening to a podcast in which they were talking, interviewing a guy who experienced like extreme weight loss like he was 400 pounds i believe and then he brought it back down to like 200 which was very good for him Mm -hmm. but on the initial inspection from the doctor the doctor looked at his testosterone levels which were almost comparable to a woman's and the doctor was like i can't tell if you are obese because you have low testosterone levels or if you have low testosterone because you're obese Mm -hmm. but something's terribly wrong here with your uh, physiology and so understanding that being obese is not something that is very healthy is a very important step in trying to be fit. And that doesn't mean that you need to shame yourself or shame other people for, 
for being in that position. It just means that you need to understand that it is going to impact your quality of life along with your lifespan and that it's something that you can work to get out of. Yeah. And one thing that like, yes, testosterone, a uh, big deal, but I feel like in some cases, like everyone only thinks about testosterone. There's mm-hmm. other uh, neurochemicals and other uh, hormones that are going to be affected by your body's fitness and, you know, body fat composition being uh, out of a healthy or uh, like normal range. Now, granted, are we saying right outside these ranges are not okay? No, 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 no. But, you know, again, the optimal is right here. Yeah. And it's easier to, when when you have a lot of things toward in the optimal range, it's a lot easier to kind of like give yourself leniency on things like, you know, maybe diet or, you know, th- things of this nature. And, um, yeah, and, and a lot of times like uh, in the case of, testosterone uh you you lose your testosterone and you kind of just stuck like it's the reason why steroids you know test you know you're boosting your test to build more muscle these uh testosterone has thermogenic properties uh it's you know going to help you build more muscle so it essentially the reason why these people take it is because trying to shred fat and build muscle quickly that's why bodybuilders use it all the time and uh, stuff like that is because they are trying, they're, you know, chemically enhancing, you know, past their normal to uh, force themselves into what what they want for this physique, for what they are doing. Now, fitness, sometimes that is unhealthy and steroids <laughs> has a lot of implications. So yeah. that's not me recommending it to get out of a rut. But um, I think that now that we've talked about all the problems that come with like being out of these ranges, like what are a couple things that we can do preventative care wise that, that actually will help us maintain where we are and make sure that we're not having a backwards slide. And I think that the big two things that we can do on like semi annually basis is, is physicals and blood work, mm-hmm. right? Like you should be getting blood work. It's not that hard. You can. There are sites where you can apply for a blood test kit. It will come to your door, and it's like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. That's not that much in the grand scheme of things. That's like a third of a paycheck, maybe. Um, and it's very helpful for you because you can monitor your testosterone levels along with your vitamins. Like if you are someone who needs to supplement because your diet isn't getting you the right stuff, you aren't going to know unless you get that tested. Yeah. Um. And I will say that, especially with the blood work stuff, don't try and, like, fix yourself to a statistic. But, like, if something's out of whack and you notice that you're constantly getting tired or there's something wrong, Mm -hmm. um, then try and fix it, right? Or maybe if you notice that something's low, supplement, see how you are doing, and a month later decide if that was beneficial for you or not. Yep. the great, yeah, the great part about that, though, is that you monitoring this constantly means that, or or frequently, not necessarily constantly, yeah. but you are able to change individual variables within your diet, uh, functional fitness programming, or anything of, of this nature to really see where you're moving with it to prevent issues of, like, swapping to a new diet and completely fucking up your uh, your mineral intake, your macro intake, 
and just not understanding what's going on. So like in the case that you eat the standard American diet and then you swap off to let's uh let's say pescatarian for example, um, and you also stop drinking coffee, like you're not really gonna be under an understanding of why maybe you're feeling uh, additionally tired or have less energy or you know in the case you you might have some mineral deficiencies or or something of that nature right or or you in the case which i haven't heard is not necessarily uncommon with pescatarians is mineral overages mm-hmm. in the case of you know fish oils and omega 3s of this sort um is just you know a couple of the metals like mercury will get yeah, high a thing like that and so testing these and essentially fine tuning things of in the in the diet realm and your fitness and uh, just knowing more about your body so you can tailor your experience a little bit more to yourself because obviously people on the internet are going to give you overarching advice, but the only person who give, can give you the most tailored advice is yourself and your doctor. Mm-hmm. And getting those blood tests can really help, especially when having conversations with your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um and also there's things like prediabetes that can be identified by a blood test. There are chronic illnesses that can be identified by a blood test. Um, if something is extremely high or extremely low, you should talk to your doctor. You should talk to your primary care physician. Just be like, hey, do you think that this is only a diet issue or do you think that this might be spiking or super low for something else? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and noticing in advance potential like like in the event of like the horrible, like you've got a, an organ that's, you know, lacking behind or is, is failing in some way, you know, uh, well in advance enough to go and get it treated with potentially medication or, uh, you know, something of that nature. You, you being more aware and preventative in this way is a lot more useful to you, your body and your bank account. Yeah. And sometimes, symptoms of an illness or symptoms of failure are weeks removed from when it actually started. Like tooth infections are a great example. Your tooth only starts hurting when there's an infection and it's inflamed, which means that it's probably been infected for a decent bit and just hasn't been inflamed enough to mess with your um, nerves because all a tooth is is bone. Right. Um, And I've suffered from that a decent bit. (laughs) I know from uh, personal experience. um, Right. My, Back molar came in, uh, or my wisdom tooth came in short off the uh, my back molar, and then it's not I, a fun experience. I, I bet. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just uh, constantly testing these things is very important. Yes, and I think that also in the same way we can test our body and go get our physical done, we can also test our fitness. Mm-hmm. I think that CrossFit. Um, one of the biggest reasons why it has become so popular is because what it does is it tests fitness. Sports competitions in the term in the um, form of like bodybuilding and stuff, they test uh, this kind of intersection of fitness and uh, skill. Right. Right. Like um, a CrossFit athlete is not the best calisthenics athlete. They're not the best bodybuilder athlete. They're not the best strength athlete. But right. they're somewhere in that nexus of optimization of all of them right um and so there are different workouts that you can do that are crossfit style that i think are very good at saying where your fitness level is um if you aren't familiar with crossfit but you do want to try out some of these benchmark workouts 
um, a lot of them are what we call a hero wad, which is just a workout that we do in honor of uh, usually fallen uh, military. Um, there's a couple other, uh, I think there's a workout done in honor of fallen cops. There's a workout done in honor of some healthcare individuals. Just usually someone who's been a public servant that has died will sometimes give them a hero workout, especially if they have done CrossFit before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know I've talked about Murph, but for you calisthenics people that want to know uh, where you are generally, time yourself on Murph. Or if you don't want to run, <laughs> time yourself on Cindy, which is just a 20-minute AMRAP of that um, 5, 10, 15 on the pull-up, push-up, mm-hmm. squat. And you know... That's going to give you, and then there you're measuring reps, but it's going to show you where you've improved, and it's a great um, test of those three basic movements, mm-hmm. and that's where you want to be testing. Is you want to be testing these basic movements, mm-hmm. these foundational movements, and you want to see how efficiently you're moving through those, and that's a great marker of fitness. Right. Um, for my strength people out there, there's randy dt grace randy is 75 power snatches that's all you got to do <laughs> um it's at 75 pounds for men 55 pounds for women and that one i love because it's not as long as you think to do 75 power snatches but you have to work efficiently you have to breathe correctly it's going to tell you if you've been neglecting your cardiovascular system it's also going to tell you if you are inefficient at the movement and it's also going to tell you if you are not as strong as you thought you were. Yep. Um, DT is just five rounds of 12 deadlifts, nine um, hang power cleans, and six push jerks at 155 pounds. Grace is 30 cleaning jerks at 135. The best athletes are doing Grace at like five to seven minutes, I think. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just moving. And that's a really hard number to like start decreasing on time once you get there. Yeah. But for all of you strength-minded individuals who have done those movements before, they are great benchmarks. You know, if you can't get to that weight, then do a lighter weight to complete it, right? And then you're working on getting to the re- weight as prescribed. And then once you get there, it's working on decreasing the amount of time it takes to do the work. Mm-hmm. And there are other ways to test your fitness. You can look at your one rep maxes. You can look at your workouts that you have designed that you do regularly, but benchmarks are a very important part of monitoring your fitness right? because they are designed in a way to kind of hit a lot of different energy systems, a lot of different muscle groups usually, and then your score is measurable. Right. And everything you want to do when it comes to testing, you want it to be measurable. Mm-hmm. Objectively measurable. Yeah. And in this case... Uh, we're looking at, in the case of Grace, like you talked about, um, that works all three of those core systems. While it is hitting chest less than possibly the other two, your legs are getting a fire workout. I know your legs hurt after that. <laughs> and your back. Hard to walk. Um, and obviously your shoulders with the jerk part. Um, and so obviously these are hitting everything. So it's not only testing your ability to have essentially good because if you don't have good quality muscle mind connection you're not gonna be able to do this in the case of clean and jerk that would be considered a semi-complex movement it's Mm -hmm. it's foundation and it's a functional movement but it is a semi-complex lift yeah and so uh it's also useful because in this 
uh, weight category, it's not so light that it's more of a uh, test on just cardiovascular ability and respiration and your ability to recover actively, but also um, your ability to maintain strength load as well as, you know, um, your, like, you also want to do it for time. So you're going to test that fitness in essentially three-ish, four-ish categories. Yeah. Um, and then one of my final tests of fitness that I love is called Fight Gone Bad. Now, it is set up in a, uh, and it's modeled after like a MMA fight, right? So you have um, five minutes of work and one minute of rest, just like an MMA round of uh, three. And so you have three rounds, you got 17 minutes total uh, work, and then after that, you're done. After that, you're done. But the first minute is wall balls with a 20-pound ball. You have one minute of sumo deadlifts, high pulls at 75 pounds. You have one minute of box jumps at 20 inches. You got one minute of push press at 75, and then one minute of a calorie row. And you just add up all of those um, individual uh, rep counts, and that's your total. And I think that this is a very interesting um, workout because not only are you testing a lot of different muscle groups, you're testing a lot of different energy systems, you're also testing your mental here. Mm-hmm. Because the test isn't for time. The test is for reps. And it's going to be a grueling five minutes. There are individuals that fought in the UFC that have done this workout, and they're like, you can't compare the physical pain to, like, a workout, but that workout gets pretty damn close. Mm -hmm. And so you doing this is not only a testament to your strength, but it's also a testament to your mental is a testament to how well you can push yourself because really no one's going to know if you go a little lighter on the rower or a little lighter on the sumo deadlift. The only person that's going to know is you. Right. And so now not only are we testing our physical capabilities, but we're testing our mental as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so in this case, are you counting calories on that end one as reps? Yep. Okay. On a rowing machine? On a rowing machine. One minute. I mean, that's, you might be getting, what, 20, 30 kits? I haven't done Fight Gone Bad in a while. I can't remember what you want to crush out. Probably around 20 to 30. I was going to say, calories. Yeah, I'd say that for a one-minute row, yeah. 20 to 30 calories sounds about right. Yep. Uh, I mean, unless you're sprinting it, but after <laughs> after those sumo deadlifts, I don't think you'll be sprinting that too too hard. Yeah, it's a fun workout. But yeah. Yeah, that definitely hits everything. Mental game discipline all that stuff is definitely uh not something to be um under under touted but it's really important and again we talked about uh you know mindset and everything last week but that's really important in both your ability to commit to these diets your ability to commit to a workout plan that's going to get your body in the shape that you need it to be in your you know ability to just keep fucking going and making sure that you are doing for yourself what needs to be done, um, not only throughout this workout, but the the intensity and the discipline that's required on these individual workout levels is going to be the discipline that's also going to bring you back to the gym mm-hmm. and the discipline that's going to um, make sure that you don't eat too many cheat meals or <laughs> yeah. make sure that you're not, um, you know, slacking off maybe in other other aspects of life. So, 
that's important. And that in turn is preventative care because you are building a discipline that you are going to utilize for your own good. Mm-hmm. So see that as a useful two or threefold. Yep. So is that everything you'd really want to cover this time? Yep. All right. Well, with that being said, all the workouts we covered uh, are online for more specifics. Um, and in the case of the other uh, stuff, if you need any more specific information on this, there is a myriad of it, again, out there. And it's not hard to find. And uh, with that being said, we'll see you guys later. See you. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.